0: Greetings and salutations, world of the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. Greetings and salutations. I would like you to find another show on at noon on Thursdays that offers not only greetings, but salutations. I feel like you'd be very, very hard-pressed. How is it in the world? I feel like I have not been out in the world in quite some time been dealing with some uh, medical stuff here uh, that has kind of really rendered me to the sidelines incredibly uncomfortable for me to make it out into the world. Although I did stumble along to a few outdoor events uh, this past uh, this past week. Uh, I finally went back to uh, rehearsal, which was good. That was uh, nice to do. It's uh, always fun when members of my band are incapable of actually performing a rehearsal because... They've had too much to drink. It's definitely my favorite thing, as everybody knows. Huge fan, huge fan of that. Uh, we'll be addressing that in the coming weeks, I guess. Or I'll just let it go. Maybe maybe I'll just quit. Like maybe I'll just solve all the band's problems, yeah Um Yeah, bunch of stuff going on. I uh my beloved hurricanes started there. This is the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Is this their 20th season? Holy shit, really? I thought you sound right. 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th. No, I'm sorry. This is their 18th season. 18th season is the team. We started out with a tie against HEC. A very funny story about uh, that particular game. Uh, I might get to you later today. Uh, but yeah, if you were wondering how the Hurricanes are doing, they're doing fine. We've lost some, uh, lost some teammates, gained a, gained a couple new ones. So uh, we're we're doing good. We've, we're resigned to having a nice, fun, recreational team. That seems to be what it's doing. But yeah, one to one against HBC on uh, on Saturday. We're off it th- on Sunday. We're off this week for the Long Island Cup. We got to bye because we won it last time, and we are then gonna be back on April second, I think. Um, against Garden City. So, I'll, I'll keep you posted, uh, as, as, as I am, as want to do. But first, let's, uh, let's get to some housekeeping. <laughs> Feels very much like the headlines thing on The Daily Show. If you haven't been watching The Daily Show lately, by the way, you're missing out. So, The Daily Show after Trevor Noah, um, left, um, uh, I, don't, I want to say abruptly, but it wasn't quite abruptly, but he left the show. Instead of replacing him with a full-time host, what they've done is they've just been having rotating guest hosts. Some of them have been really, really funny. Uh, Chelsea Handler was great. Sarah Silverman was great. Uh, a couple things that Cal Penn did I thought were pretty good. Uh, D.L. Hughley had a couple. Wanda Sykes, good. They're they're all good in their own way, for sure. But it was actually really funny because they had Al Franken hosting. Uh, he's hosting this week. His last week will be tonight. And I think one of the f- one of the funny parts is that he was saying it's like it's nice to have you know like finally a white male <laughs> hosting the that, that show. That I always liked Al Franken anyway. His deliveries are funny, and uh, you know he, he tends to be a lot of. Uh, no nonsense. And, uh, like, I was always bummed that he resigned based on, like, you know, what kind of went down. Like, I think he definitely did the wrong thing, but I also think he's a comedian and probably part, partially a jerk, at least. But, uh, you know, it really just shows... It highlights the differences between the two parties. Cause like, in any in- appearance of impropriety, Democrats just retire. We just had that in New York for as unpopular as, as Governor Cuomo seemed to be at the time. Like, he basically got forced out of office from a sex scandal that really amounted to absolutely nothing. And now we're stuck with a very weak and a very lame Democratic governor who I do not like. Uh, but uh, yeah, Democrats just tend to resign at the drop of a hat. And then you have people like Matt Gaetz, who basically sex trafficked minors cross state lines. And he's like, I'm not retired, I'm not stuck with And then George Santos, who lied his way into office, also not to look at the Anyway, if you're a fan of The Daily Show, as I am. Check it out. At least the opening parts. But their opening segment is called Headlines, and it sounded just like that. So instead of Headlines, we're just going to get right to uh, uh, housekeeping. <laughs> I liked it so much. The intro is so nice, I did it twice. Yeah, all right. That's what's it So uh, this week on the Top 20, it's out on StrangerHood TV right now. It's the Empanada Analogy, which honestly is my favorite band name, record name, show name ever. And uh, if I change the name of the Top 20 to Empanada uh, Analogy, you'll know why. Uh, I would go check it out. Uh, as bumpers go, the things I do at the beginning of each show—it's one of my favorite, easily in my top five. So even if you just want to watch for the first 45 seconds, I think it's probably worth your time. That's on Strangerhood TV. You can get there via strangerhoodtv.com. It will bring you right to the YouTube page, or if you're already on YouTube, just search up Strangerhood TV. For the top 20, it'll get you there. Uh, but we do sort of talk about like how unprepared I was for uh, daylight saving time, and how how completely over it. I am uh, also Texas just being just such a cock about things Uh, and all that fun stuff, uh, value of band relationships, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Bacon is my podcast. I had a full interview with uh, Natalie Notenboom. You can check that out. Discussions and Drinks. I did not get a chance to watch this yet. Um, it is our favorite front people, front person versus a singer. So I do want to check that out because I myself am a front per- person. I don't know if I'm one of their favorite, but I do like to have a good time while I'm doing it. So that's nice. Uh, Tonight, I believe they're back up on Twitch, working on their new songs for Bacon Is My Passion. Not to be confused with Bacon Is My Podcast, and I don't know why you would confuse them, because it's the exact same thing, same two guys doing the same stuff in the same studio. So, why would you possibly? (laughs) Uh, Check that out. I'll be at rehearsal tonight, I'm sure, getting yelled at by a drunken member of my band, so I cannot be on Twitch yeah all that going on stranger tv again we got a show coming up uh we're going to be at beeries june something 16th i feel like uh i'm actually just waiting on an invite that i gave to another band that uh, i'm just realizing right now they are taking way too long to respond to so not cool dude <laughs> but i'll mess them a little bit earlier. uh so yeah so i think i'll save my my hurricane story maybe for a time when i need more time And nothing's really pressing on me right now. I mean, like, there's like a lot of world events going on right now. It's just, it's very hard to follow. Like the, uh, it's it's hard, hard to follow in the sense that, like, I don't want to follow it anymore. Like, what the, the plan really was and has always been on both sides. This is not, you know, any particular political party thing. uh, Is just you distract, distract, and distract and distract. And what's funny is just watching people you know, claim stuff like the war in Ukraine is a distraction and we shouldn't be involved in that at all. And it's like, no, somebody actually invaded a sovereign nation and the other nations of the world, all of them really should stand up and be like, what are you doing, man? Cause those days are kind of over. Like I realized that most people did not do so well in like, you know, European history and junior high school. And that's cause most people really are very dumb and they should be listening to smarter people. Uh, but the days of like them and like, you know, kingdoms warring over land and stuff like we're kind of past that like as evolution goes and societies evolve like we really got to stop doing that like we all look upon like africa when they were like warring you know in their own tribal nations we're like hey man that's really savage of you well what do you think what do you think is happening in russia versus ukraine i mean don't forget russia just walked right into ukraine and said duh, this is ours now da yes i like this this I, it's a terrible Russian accent I know but like if you want to hear a better Russian accent I find you I, I, if you want to hear a better Russian accent I urge you to find a better show to listen to than the top 20 that's really lovely. but so there's always always these distractions and stuff and that's important because they're like trying to tell you what to get mad at so you don't actually get mad at the real thing and I understand all that Uh, But what it's actually doing is it's taking the, it's basically exhausting the intellectuals, right? Unless you get paid to do this as like a pundit or you know some other means. Like, if I was like Brian Taylor Cohen, like, and this was just what I did for a living, like, yeah, I'd be down for it and I'd be okay, like, getting excited and yelled at. But like, I just don't care. I, 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 what, 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 what is happening is that you're just getting the caring beaten out of you. Like, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, like. Of something that I thought I was going to react more to. So, um, in real time with Bill Maher, he was doing an interview with Bernie Sanders, and they were talking about student debt cancellation. Now, in my heart of hearts, I feel like student debt cancellation is a good thing. It's a good one-time thing that needs to be done at the same time as capping college costs. Right? I think we need to cap college costs so it becomes affordable. I think we need to adjust the way we approach it so it's not just a money-making scheme. Everybody does not need to go to college. I talked about that. nauseum, um and but in order to just like kind of make it fair, you can't have you know like a SUNY school be $25,000 a year in 2022 cap it then at $10,000 the next year so that everybody the next year gets a deal. Like you have to compensate the people before them. Life is not fair, but that would be the fair way to do it. And that's really what they should do. So, like, once they didn't cap college costs and colleges saw that the government was going to kick in some money, colleges raised their prices. So I'm out. Like, I don't think I don't think student loan forgiveness, the way they're currently doing it, should be done this way. <clears throat> Still, I understand the reason to do it. There's no real reason we should up our military budget $80 billion without so much of a discussion and then, like, tell 22 year old kids like good luck pal good luck because that's basically what we're doing that is not a recipe for a great society or a better economy or all those other things (laughs) but the real thing that really just pissed me off is on on real time Bill Maher is interviewing uh Bernie Sanders and according to a, a new NBC News poll they actually asked uh college kids like okay well if you had this debt forgiveness like what would you do with it and the, it turns out that, like, you know, I'd probably go on vacations. Uh, I'd, you know, buy buy more clothes. I would... Uh, I would, uh, you know, eat out more. I mean, I don't think it's a sexual thing, but who am I to judge? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they were going to spend stuff... And and, and the, the bent of it was, like, they're just going to waste their money. And my take on that is, like... Sounds like they're going to invest their money in a lot of the economy instead of just paying back these loans to banks and institutions that really are overcharging it anyway. And so a year ago, I would have been really mad about that. And I wouldn't even have gotten to housekeeping at the beginning of the show because I would have been pissed about it. Like, and we would have just discussed like how stupid all that is. And the, the reality is now, I just I don't care I, I don't care anymore. I feel like I've, I've reached a point in my life where some of these things just are not going to matter in my lifetime. And it sucks. And I hate, like, taking that approach. Like, yeah, man, there's a lot of Long Island and a lot of Florida that's probably going to be underwater. Now, I'm fine with most of Florida being underwater. And I think that's clearly on the record. And everybody knows that I live on the higher places uh, on Long Island. So I'm probably going to be all right here, too. And it's definitely going to be something that falls to my kids to have to deal with. I'll tell you, I moved a bunch of equipment into a storage unit uh, not too long ago, and I have some gear in there, including like my stat, my cabinets, my guitar speakers, and a full PA system that I'm probably never going to use again in my lifetime. But because I am the way that I am, I simply cannot bring myself to just throw stuff out that that works just fine. Can't. So as I was putting this in the very back of the storage unit, I'm probably never going to use it again in my lifetime, I had this really amusing slash sad feeling. As I'm putting up the one speaker, I'm like, huh, the next time this speaker gets touched, it's probably going to be because it is now my kid's problem to deal with, for modern episode of Storage Wars. <laughs> and it was kind of like funny in my head, but like the reality is like, Yeah. You know, I think my days of challenging and and jousting at windmills, not that they're over, but like I refuse to to really just risk my own health and sanity like fighting battles and wars for people that don't want to fight their own battles and wars anymore or are too stupid or too lame or too lazy or whatever. You know, And I realized some of this stuff when, when New York State was starting to put money together to, to shore up our, uh, our abortion facilities here because people from out of state were going to come and get free abortions. Now, I am so opposed to that on so many levels except one. I like the fact that New York State is going to be like a, a station, a, a light, an oasis in a sea of just absolute ridiculous, like horrible treatment uh, and horrible social uh, values and injustices that are going on. I like that part. I am not interested in remotely, even remotely, in rewarding people from states like Kentucky giving them a free out to come to New York on my dollar, by the way, so they can get an abortion that is now illegal in their state. Although Kentucky is a bad example. Let's say Texas. like Or Minnesota. or any Or Oklahoma. Or Utah. Or any of those other states. Now, granted, the poor people can't afford to come here anyway, so they're getting screwed because that's the American way. (coughs) Excuse me. But the the people with money and influence, you know, when their daughters get raped or whatever or sick or, or have some complications, they're coming to blue states to get these things taken care of, and they're getting covered for free because New York and California have put together these funds out of state taxpayer money to do that. I don't want that. I want people in those states to suffer with the decisions that they've made, and and that makes me sound like the old man sitting on the porch yelling at people to get off their lawn. But I feel like that's where I am right now, and that's that's not my doing, man. That is me just getting sick and tired of doing the heavy lifting for other people, and that bothers me. So that's not what I came here to talk to you about. I, I, I'm surprised. I actually did have something. To talk about. So it's, uh, we're about to hit April, which means it's time for the Launch Music Conference in Pennsylvania. Uh, anybody that has listened to the show for a while knows that I absolutely loathe and detest the Launch Music Conference. I have a personal vendetta against them. In fact, for a while there, I was literally trying to put together a music conference that ran at the exact same time and was just a better conference because, honestly, anything anything I throw together will be better than that piece of shit, easily. But, like, I just don't have the time to do it. But I am so bothered by their existence for so many personal reasons that I just, I think, it, I think it'll happen by the time I die. I will put together something better that runs at the exact same time uh, just so they just, I don't know, just shrivel up and, and fall off like a wart. That would be great for me because I don't know what their deal is. I don't know why they are so anti-Rebel 9, although I do have a sneaking suspicion. Now, before I get to that, I've told this story a few times on the box. Uh, It bears repeating because it's contextual for for this. Years ago, at the very early days of of Rebel 9, like just after GDB had kind of rolled into Rebel 9, we used to play all over the Northeast, all over. We were playing roughly 100 shows a year. Um, That's actually one of the reasons the band was so tight, because we were doing that it's also one of the reasons the band actually still has a reputation that we can pull on from time to time it's why we have listeners and followers and stuff like that that it's just it's just a reach that we had because of the work that we did one of the places we used to play all the time was atlantic city we played there four to six times a year it's good it's a good run uh, and we had a local booker there, and, and, and was great. She was great to work with us. She loved us. She took care of us every time we were down there. She made sure we had good slots. Made sure we had good bands. Like, those things matter, right? Because you can go play anywhere you want. If you have nothing but shitty bands to play with, it's not really worth going there. So somebody that builds a good show around you and understands how those things work. Super important. During that time, I was trying to get into the Liberty Music Festival, which was in Philadelphia. I was also trying to get into a place called The Dops, Legendary Dops. Uh, South Street, I think, uh, in Philadelphia. For whatever reason, I could not, for the life of me, get into those shows. And it became so frustrating that I actually enlisted the help of people that knew directly the people responsible for making some of those decisions. Uh, my friend Lou, was, who was the founder of Reverbation. Nation. My friend Oren, who uh, was the founder of... Um, uh, drawing a blank. Let's say it I wanted to say blame, uh, fine Spine, who we used to play with all the time. Uh, Mickey and Carly from Midnight Mob, they were darlings of, the, of, that, of that place. They used to play there all the time. I asked all of them to try and find out. And I would send emails and they would just not get answered. I would put in requests and we would get denied. They all, all those people I just mentioned also sent emails and texts and never got an answer back. So I'm at Millennium Music Conference one year. I'm actually sitting with Orange, fine spot. And I see the Booker of the job, of the of the legendary Dogs. And I said, I'm gonna go ask him. I I walk up to him, and uh, his name is Jim Thorpe. Uh, I walk up to him, and before I open my mouth, he looks at me. He's like, Ah, DJ from Rebel Nine. How you doing? And I'm like, Well, in my head, I'm like, First of all, I'm surprised at hell that you know who I am, actually on site. Also, what do you mean, Alan? <laughs> like, what do you... I'm, I'm not great, man. <laughs> like, so I said to him... Uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm alright. I just wanted to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to ask you something. So I don't even get to say what I'm going to ask him. He's like, you know why you're blacklisted at the Dobbs, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what did you just say? And he goes, you know why you're blacklisted at the Dobbs. And I was like, I really... Really down. And so he tells me this story. A year, year and a half earlier, the woman that booked us in Atlantic City was at the Dobbs. They're very close. Atlantic City and Philly are very close. Was at the Dobbs and got really, really drunk. Angry drunk, apparently. To the point where she actually got carried out of the bar. Uh um, She had gotten mad at the bartender, gotten mad at, like, the bookers, threw a glass or a bottle against the back mirror behind the bar, like a real, like, right out of a movie kind of getting tossed out. And as she's getting tossed out, she says to the staff and the booker, Jim, my bands will never play here. Never. And then she proceeded to list her bands. The very first band out of her mouth was nine. She was our booker in Atlantic City. We played 100 shows a year. She was responsible for four to six of them. But because she said something like that, in front of the people that made those decisions, we were persona non grata for a year, year and a half. Once we cleared that up... Actually, the story made it onto the panel that Jim was actually about to go on, which was kind of funny, because he was doing a panel on band reputation... So whenever I talk about stuff about how important band reputations are, like work ethic and product and quality, all that, that's part of it. Like it literally made it onto the panel's discussion about how important it is to know who's representing you, whether or not you have asked them to. Super, super important. So we cleared that up. And after that, Jim and I are friends. Me and Vince are friends. Uh, Vince is his partner, Uh and we'd be playing there more right now if there was a place to play in, in Philly, but there, there really isn't much. Uh, but we were invited back to every Liberty Fest since then. So fast forward a few years, and I get turned down from Launch Music Conference for the seventh time. And I'm looking at the bands, and yeah, a lot of them are pop, a lot of them are track acts, but there's a lot of rock acts. There's some post-hardcore. There's some rock acts, And so now, I don't know why we're, we're getting turned out. So I... I... <laughs> I asked Lou again from Reverb Nation. Hey, man, can you ask? And he does. He gets no response. No response whatsoever. Around that time, I have a conversation with a friend of mine who at the time was being a real, real bit of a bitch to me about some stuff. And... I find out that another band is uh, totally like trash-talking us and blackballing us to a couple of the festivals that they work on. And I should follow up and ask now, because we're friends now, so I I wonder if I can get a straight answer. And it gets to me that the deciding part, the, the... people that that decide at Launch Music Conference are part of or work with this band's label. This band is no longer together. But it turns out that they work with them, and this trash talk is apparently enough that we don't even get listened to. Just our name. Our reputation has been absolutely ruined in that corner. And that's why we never, ever, ever get invited to launch, and we never have any of our applications accepted. That's why, unfortunately, I had to stop doing it. I may reapply next year. We'll have more. We'll have new music out for sure. And the simple fact that more rock bands from Long Island have actually gotten in there, bands that we play with have actually gotten in there, I might have more angles for people to ask why. Because... I don't mind being turned down for stuff we don't belong to. For example, we get turned down from the Montauk Music Festival every year. That's a very singer-songwriter thing. And if you're going to go out there with a full band, like, you've got to be specific. Like, we're not a beach hut band. Like, you know that, right? Like, I know that. You should know that. And that's fine. But when you're playing bands just like ours, bands that we play with kind of on the regular, like Roderick's a perfect example. We play with them often. You know, I mean, not as often's relative these days. But we've played with Roderick for years and they get to play there every single year. This year Pathmaker's on the ticket. I we played with Pathmaker a bunch. I'm looking to play with Pathmaker one two or one or two times this year alone. There's no reason sonically or stylistically that we should be, be getting rejected from launch. I mean there might be one reason and I would love to know what that is, but I have a sneaking suspicion because somebody opened their fucking mouth about us because they didn't like us personally. Does it happen in music? Every fucking day. Anyway, I've talked enough about that. How about some music?